0: Keep it real. throwing it down today. I am so thankful that you're in the room and we got to give it a shout out. All right, We got somebody in the hospital. Let's give a shout out to Sherry. Good morning, Sherry. Keep fighting. Let her know you're with her, y'all. Come on. Come on. Trey down in New Orleans down in the hospital. Let him know you're with him. Come on, y'all. New Orleans love Trey. We got y'all. Now, why do I tell you that, man? Because listen, I know you may have had a rough week, but these two individuals are going through a very hard time stuck in the hospital and they can't Get around anybody right now. So I just want them to know as they're watching online, we love you. We're thankful that you're watching. We're praying for you. You're going to get through this. And to all of other friends that are watching, whether that's in Kansas City, y'all better look out, Burrow coming, cuz, all right? Or if you're in North Dallas, wherever it is that you are watching, we're just thankful that you're tuning in today. So can we give it up for the band one more time? So come on, y'all, let them know. <laughs> So I want to welcome you back to Behind the Music. We're going to have a little fun today, but I am not an expert on music, but there are a few things that I have learned. Number one, as you've probably seen, man, I got up and had a little fun today because music can move you if you let it. Can I get an amen on that somewhere? Come on. See, the problem is you got to let it move you. So sometimes it takes a minute. I mean, it could be country's your vibe. It could be rock and roll. It could be Whatever. But as that music starts, you got a choice. When you feel that beat, you can either say, I'm going to get in on that beat, or I'm just going to stand in the back and watch everyone. So hopefully, as we kick in this next little video here, you'll feel it. If you're in the 80s, you'll go, okay, I know what you're talking about, because we're going to take a little journey through people being moved by music in the movies, and it's pretty fun. Watch. for the little dance moves there through the years, having a little fun with it. Now, let me tell you why I love that so much, because I grew up Baptist, all right? So go ahead, moan now appropriately if you need to, because there's one thing, well, there's a lot that we couldn't do, but there's one thing you really shouldn't do, all right? And that was this right here, you don't dance if you're Baptist. So when I grew up back in the 70s, that was like against the rule. You didn't go to prom, you didn't go, we had alternatives. You didn't go to homecoming, you had alternatives. And so That is why when you see me out here, you go, man, that dude just really can't dance. It explains it all because you're right. Most of the time, we didn't grow up dancing. We just weren't allowed to. And it's probably a good thing because most people are protected from seeing us looking like we're having a spasm. But I do have good news for you. There's another Baptist in here that grew up that way, Ray Rainey. And I found a video clip of him dancing. I know some of you go, who's Ray? Man, he's our guy on staff, pastoral care. He's just an awesome guy. But wait till you see his moves right here. Take it away, Ray. Some of y'all are going, that ain't Ray Rainey, but it looked just like him, didn't it? <laughs> so Ray right now is going, oh my gosh, he embarrassed me. He goes, don't worry, it's not just men we're going to pick on. We've also found, all right, a grandma. Okay, so this is what I love about these old people. They finally, you get to an age where you just don't care anymore. You're just like, you know what, I don't care. I don't care. This grandma's at a, 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 a looks like a baseball game, probably for one of her grandkids. But a song comes on. And she can't help it, all right? So, so right, I see, I look around right now. Some of you just still just, oh, okay. Well, this grandma said no. When the beat hits, mamaw got to move, son, all right? So watch, because even when people are going by, mamaw don't care. She's going to just keep throwing it down. Mamaw, take it away.
1: Am I to deserve?
0: She even gave him the gun, son. She said, cow, cow. And then she gave him that bird, son. She said, "Oh, <laughs> grandma didn't care. People walking by, excuse me, excuse me. She's like, no, don't, don't hinder the beat, baby. Don't hinder the beat. So this is what makes it so fun. As we're talking about today, we're behind the music. M- music really does move you. So you're probably wondering, all right, how are you going to get through this, Justin? Are we just going to do music and talk about No, I'm going to take you to the Bible, a bunch of skeptics, all right? I even put in my notes, if you download the app and you go to my notes page, because I grew up Baptist, we didn't talk about this. There was not, I don't remember ever a sermon being talked about when it came to dancing. And this little note section I put even extra in the notes is a lot of scripture I found on dancing. So, but I'm not going to bore you with all those. I'm going to give you a few just to kind of get you warmed up. Psalm 3011. you changed my sadness into a joyful, what? Yeah, dance. So it's just kind of interesting that, all right, here's Psalms going, all right, here's a good reference. How about Ecclesiastes? We got more for you. There's a right time for everything. There's a time to be sad and there's a time to what? Dance with joy, son. It's like, hey, man, I know there's times to be sad. And listen, I get it. But many times we kind of hang there like, oh, we just got to mourn. We got to go walk through it. And we forget the other side of it. There's a time also to dance with joy. Jeremiah 31. Here's another one for you. Then the young men of Israel will be happy excuse me, young women of Israel will be happy and they will dance. So everybody gets it. Women dance. That's true. But men, no, no. But pay attention. And then the men, both young and old, will join in the dancing. You're talking about everybody dancing. Now, I have to pull one more because this is my favorite dance. It went viral all over the Internet. And I combined two my favorite and then my new favorite into not just young people, not old people, not women, no men, and they're not just going to dance. They're going to throw it down. So hang on. If you feel the need, the aisles are open. Just throw it down with papaws. Watch it. Come on, give it up for Kenyon, our care pastor. <laughs> I'm just kidding, that looked just like Kenyon. Then my brother John came in giving it to him, too, you know. I could not help but when I saw him. But i it looks like Kenyon, looks like John, you know. But didn't you say that'll do? He threw that hair out, son. He just started working it, son. I was like, those guys are free, man. They are living their best life and they are having a good time knowing that life is short. I might as well have a good time with it. Now, some of you are probably going, all right, Justin, I hear you. You went to Old Testament, Ecclesiastes, Psalms, but did Jesus ever talk about it? I'm glad you asked. Luke chapter 7. How can I describe? The people who are living now. Who's speaking? This is Jesus. What are they like, he says. They're like children who sit in the marketplace. So they kind of gathered out in the public. And they would shout at each other, to the kids, to their friends. And they would say this. Hey, we played music for you, but you didn't dance. So Jesus is saying, it's kind of interesting that, hey, these kids see this and the music will play. And the <laughs> kids are picking on each other like, hey, man, the music's going. Why aren't you dancing? Then he goes next to them and he said, hey, we sang a funeral song but you didn't even cry. So what was Jesus talking about? If you look at that passage and you kind of look at where we are and where we can all be, it's this illustration of saying sometimes we can get so calloused, so prideful, so hard that we refuse to be moved by anything. So when you grew up in the Baptist church, this is what that looked like. When the worship started, there was our deacons, all right? Most of the time, we had this holier-than-thou attitude that kind of stepped back and like, I can't believe this. We don't approve of this. Remember now, I started back in the 70s. I was born in 69. I grew up in the 70s, and then I grew up in the 80s. So from the 70s and the 80s, there was no music really in the church other than a piano, an organ, and a hymn book. So when we started adding any music, late 80s, early 90s, into an acoustic guitar or anything, there were the deacons. I can't believe this, a six-stringed instrument banging on those drums and cymbals? This is unacceptable. And so this is the thing that kind of trips you out is because in time, certain music is accepted, certain styles are accepted. And then as things go on, it's almost like you forget that 2,000 years ago, those scriptures were written talking about music, talking about celebrating, talking about dancing, and Jesus using illustrations and going, hey, man, what's wrong with you? You won't cry during a funeral song. You don't even dance in a joyful song. Man, you that hung up, work got you that down, stress got you that bad, then there's a problem. Because he's saying to this culture back then and our culture today, there's got to be something inside you that moves. And music is a part of that. So that's why I ran out here in the first song. Man, that's my second time to come around. I'm like, man, I love that song. I can't help it. I want to. I'm going to dance back there, dance here, because it is moving to me. But then I thought about everybody in here. You're like, well, Justin, can you teach us? Because maybe you grew up like me, and you didn't really know, and you don't have the experience of going into Christian music and leading worship in your life. I'm still kind of struggling through all this. Well, I'm going to take you back to Scripture, and I'm going to give you another musician. We're behind the music. We're going to talk about our boy David. And David, a musician has an amazing example of what Jesus was referring to and how it even can apply to us. Check out 2 Samuel, you ready? When the ark of the Lord came to the city of David, so let's go back, y'all remember Raiders of the Lost Ark, you remember the ark, if you didn't see anything else, there was this big ark. That comes from the Old Testament, thousands of years ago, God was in that ark, his spirit. They would move it from place to place because that's how his spirit moved. And so 2,000 years ago, prior to the New Testament, prior to Jesus coming, which let me go ahead and give you a little history lesson, now that Jesus has come and we have the Holy Spirit, you are the temple. There is no need for an ark. So that's why you hear about all kinds of ways of take care of your temple, honor your temple, be careful with what you do with your body, because in today's world, in the back half of the Bible, the New Testament, you are where the Holy Spirit resides. But this is thousands of years before. This is going back, before today, going all the way back into the Ark of the Covenant, coming into the city. And David is the king, so he's like, hey man, this is awesome. And look what happened. Saul's daughter, Michael, right, looks out of a window and saw King David leaping and what? Here he goes again. And so she despised him. Now you got to understand, I'm going to give you way more than just this one passage, but you got to get the picture. The ark is coming in. David is leading the ark into the city, and he is pumped. It is party time. He is leaping. He is dancing. He's enjoying the moment. And Michael's wife, is looking out the window going, mm-hmm, okay, really? No men in here, don't look at your wife and say that you don't understand that. Don't look around. Just your wife's never done that to you. But occasionally it happens to some people. So the passage continues, 2 Samuel 18 and 19. It's a celebration. Well, Joshua, how do you know it's a celebration? Why is he dancing? Why is he celebrating? What's Michael so upset about? Well, first, you got to understand, David had finished offering the burnt offering, so all the worship, the sacraments had gone on. They had brought their fellowship offerings. And then he was blessing all the people because all of the people of Israel coming in because guess what? God's back. God is in the house. In the name of the Lord, shall be worshiped and celebrated. This is what there was going on. And then the party continues. Look at the next slide when it says, they also begin to give out food, bread, raisin cakes, man, some date bread, and every man, woman of Israel, all of them got something. And they all got to take it home with them. This was little Debbie's for everyone. And they were partying. And David is pumped. He is literally handing out the best food. It is the biggest party of all. So don't just stop there. It continues because David's gonna go back to his house now. So look, so David went back to bless his own house now. And Saul's daughter, now you get, who who's Saul's daughter? That was the king before David. So watch what happens. Finna get crunk. Michael came out to meet him, which is also his wife, comes out to meet him. She said, The king of Israel did not honor himself today, did he? No man understands that at all. But watch what happens. What is she talking about? You took off your clothes do you know what that means david was dancing naked son like this is the stuff you can't like this is why i went into the baptist church holy cow no way it's one thing for me to come out here and dance and act a fool it's a whole nother thing to think about this dude began to shed his clothes and there's girls around so the wife is going oh you just gonna dance naked with all these girls around here you have really done something then she goes on to say you're like a fool you have no shame. What is wrong with you? You have lost your mind. You've embarrassed me. You would have embarrassed the king of Israel. You've embarrassed our family. And this is where it goes next level. David comes back. Are you ready? And then David says to Michael, the Lord chose me, not your daddy. Oh, hold on. Time out. You imagine this? She was, he was like, hey, let me make sure you're clear on one thing. It wasn't your daddy that put me in this position, and it wasn't you that put me in, the, in this position. God put me in this position. And the one thing I want you to understand more than anything else is that when he chose me to be the leader of the people, I take it as an honor, and I'm going to give it everything I have, as he continues to say. So I will continue dancing and celebrating in front of the Lord. And are you ready for this? And I might do even more embarrassing things ba-boom, mic drop. No shame in my game. This is it. And you know what he's saying? The Lord is in the house, up in here, up in here. He was oh, Up in here. That's what's happening. And all of y'all are like, what in the world? That's what they were saying. I was looking at him going, David's lost his mind. He is crazy. He's gone nuts. And he's going yep and I'm liable to even get more crazy I'm liable to lose even more of my mind and I don't care about you I don't care about you all I care about is him because this is the big difference I'm gonna put it on the screen for you ready David was dancing for a very important reason to celebrate before the Lord Now, you've been in the club and that beat hit before, and you're like, oh, yeah. And I see my cousin down there. They go down there doing that country stuff. Because it's line dancing. Because you're just having a good time. Nothing wrong with that. This is a whole nother level. This is saying when God's Spirit came into the town, David was ushering it in. And when it came in, it is time to celebrate, and no one will stop me. It is so celebratory that the real definition of him getting naked when you go do Did he really dance naked? He tore off all of his royal robes. See, he was the king. And so he just started, it'd be kind of like anybody in authority, the boss walking into your office and y'all hit your goal and he just starts going, oh yeah, start taking his suit off, throwing the tie around. You're like, man, he's lost his mind. But he's going, no, I am celebrating. This is the moment that we've all waited for. I have blessed everyone. Everyone has something to celebrate because God is here. And the people around him were not his focus. And neither was his wife. And that upset her. It frustrated her. And she's going, I can't believe you do this. He's like, no, you don't understand. Don't ever get it wrong. It's God, then you. It's God and everything else. And I'm going to do everything I can to honor and serve him, including losing my mind in worship for him. But here's our problem. You ready? You're going, all right, Justin, that's kind of cool. But is that still relevant today? I mean, is that, I mean, come on. Is that really what's going on? Here's what I figured out. Led worship around the country. Been in a lot of different churches. We've been in all different denominations. Seen a lot of different people. Experienced a lot of different things. And here is our problem when it comes to worship. Are you ready? We love to judge each other. You begin to see him or her go, oh, they can't be legit. Oh, that can't be real. Oh, my gosh, do you know him? Do you know her? Can you believe that? Can you believe that? That's exactly what Mike, Mike was going. I know you. I live with you. You've lost your mind. He's like, you don't understand. I don't care. See, we have a tendency to look at people on the outside and make our own judgments. And I'm going to give you a modern illustration. Are you ready? Yee-yee. When Kanye came out with a worship album, everybody, including me, was like, do what? Because we're real quick to judge people. We're real quick to go, can he really be doing that? I mean, come on, man. Come on. Come on. Really? Come on. There we are. So then you saw the little snippet of the other picture. This is Amy Grant. If you grew up in church, Amy Grant's the queen of Christian music. I mean, this woman right here, man, was the leader of all leaders. She led worship. She wrote songs. I mean, she's the top of the top. But there was a time, and I'm going to prove it here in a minute, when she made some bad choices, when some things happened in her life, and she went through a divorce that the whole church judged her, turned their back on her, wouldn't buy her concert tickets, wouldn't buy her albums. They rejected her. So all of a sudden, you got like a Yee Yee, a Kanye example. you got an Amy Grant example. And neither one of them are good enough. Now all of a sudden, you're not, not going to buy them. You're not going to listen to them. I'm not going to pay attention to that. And we kind of get real judgmental. Now shall I take you back to Scripture? Luke chapter 6, 37. Don't judge others. And God will not judge you. Don't condemn others and you won't be condemned. Now why would Jesus be saying this kind of thing? It's because he knows you and me. He knows that you love judging people. You love putting certain people on a pedestal and knocking certain people down. And you love making fun of different ones. If somebody worships this way or somebody worships the other way, it's like, oh, that can't be that. and You can't believe it because you're the authority. You know what's best. I know what's best. And so we point the finger and we make fun of or we talk about people and Jesus is going, oh, really? Well, just worship is one example. But you could go through a lot of other examples. James 4. Brothers and sisters, don't say anything against each other. See, this is the problem. I grew up in the church. I know you. I am you. We all have a problem talking about somebody else when we need to keep our mouth shut. Whether it be another church, whether it be someone who walks in and finally they come to church and somebody, can you believe they're here? Oh my God. Because you've forgotten your story. You've forgotten what Jesus did for you, so all of a sudden now it's real easy to point the finger and judge somebody else and make fun of them, and I can't believe that. And then he goes, God is the only one who gave us the law, and he's the only judge. He's the only one who can save, and he's the only one who can destroy, because you You can't. You don't have that power. So I love the last line. So it's not right for you to judge anyone. Amy Grant's divorce, Kanye's worship. Ironically, Kanye going through the same divorce now. And everybody's real quick. Well, he done this, and they should have done that, and I can't believe this. And we're all real quick to point the finger and judge somebody else and talk about them. And na 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 And ironically, the scripture is very clear. Jesus is going. I need you to stop. Really. I mean, I'm calling you to be different. Now, why am I talking about this? Because as I told you, man, behind the music, a large portion of my life is involved in music, in churches played a little bit of time in the bar and be honest, the bar is way more forgiving than the church. It's true. Most of the time when you walk in a bar, people are pretty forgiving. Like, man, you can even hit bad notes and they're like, hit another one. Maybe they're drunk, but still, good job. You and the church can fold your arms. Did he just sing a bad note? I think he did. Hmm. I think that could have been better. I think he missed a lick or he should have had a different look on his face or why is she smiling? it's the way we are so when I grew up in the church and we started doing coming out of the bars and started doing Christian music very quick to judge me now I had some bad hair ain't no doubt but that right there I don't know why I had the cowboy hat on but for some reason at that time we thought it was cool son thank you Bon Jovi that's probably why but that hair was long and I remember them going no you ain't bringing that hair in here you ain't playing those instruments in here can't wear a hat in a building get out that gum, and I'm gone. And not only was it done to me, so I can relate to that, and we were kicked out of the church. Ironically, we were kicked out of a Baptist church. When we were very young, trying to figure out how to do music in a Christian way. Don't come back here. You're not allowed in here. We're not going to put your image, this was the phrase, in front of our kids. Okay, so much for coming back to the church. And then... As a result of that, I did it to other people. So not only did I judge, I mean, you know, people judge me, I judged other people. When I saw this woman right here, I judged her. I said, old oh, blue hair, sit down, old oh, blue hair. Put your hymnal down. You don't know what you're talking about because then I would get just a judgmental back. Choir director, yeah, wave your arms. I'd be mad, frustrated, talking, mad about it. And then not only did I do it to other people and have it done to me, I also saw it done to others. It's pretty hurtful. We'll take you back to the 90s. This picture right here is open eyes. The lady in the center of this picture is Amy Grant. So you'll see Greg who played guitar today on that end and Daniel who was singing today on this end. And these are some of the other open eyes guys. There's Bobby, one of my lifelong friends who helped us you know, travel and we were doing worship all over the South. And That's Amy Grant and Gary Chapman is her first husband. We're down there leading worship at a camp in Destin, Florida. And we get to meet her and hang out and talk and all that stuff. And here's the irony of all ironies. The rumors are already buzzing through the Christian community because the Christians love to gossip. They were beginning to just talk about it. And they were saying, man, Gary Chapman's so rude. He's a drunk Amy shouldn't be married to him, but I don't even know how they're staying together, but she's got to stay married to him because she's a Christian. She's got to stay true to that, and they should just fight through it. And I don't know if she had a pina colada or a water, but all I can remember is, is Errol the talk was on the beach. Oh, look at Amy Grant. Oh, no. So then we go over there and we take a picture. I'm going to be honest with you, Gary Chapman was mad at us. He was rude to us. He was like, oh, my God, you know, hurry up, hurry up. You know, he was trying to be, we're like, look, dude, it's just, she's the queen of Christian music. We're here leading the camp. That's what she did. We, we just admire you. We respect you. She was at the pinnacle of her career. And in the middle of all of that, then we begin to badmouth Gary Chapman. We go back to the condo. Oh, jerk, who you think he is? You know, blah, 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 blah. We were all talking back and forth, too, because it's a part of who we all are, and none of it honors God. And then the irony of all ironies, I've been telling you about the Jesus Music documentary I want you to watch. You can go to Amazon and watch it. You can stream it. We were going to try to do it at the movie theaters, but it's just too expensive. There's no need to spend the money. You can stream it and watch it if you like music or you want to get into it. It's the history of Christian music from the beginning all the way to modern day. And this next video I'm about to show you is for those that don't know who Amy Grant is and you don't know her story because you didn't grow up in the church, it's okay. You will remember her from the world because she actually had success in the world. But here we go again. That was a problem for the church. They didn't like that. I showed you Striper a couple of weeks ago. They really didn't like them. But now all of a sudden their Christian queen has crossed over into the world. And they didn't like that either. And then the next thing you know, she's going through a divorce. Uh Uh-oh. So now what are we going to do? This is the one we were lifting up. She is the queen. She is the perfect image. She's everything. And everything goes south. And judgment starts flying. And the hurt starts happening. So to give you that little education way beyond just that little one-minute explanation, from the documentary, The Jesus Music, here is the story of Amy Grant. And I hope as you watch it, you will understand why I'm saying judgment is so wrong. Watch.
1: Sold now over 10 million records. She burst onto the mainstream pop charts with an incredibly catchy tune called Baby Baby.
2: Baby Baby.
1: This is Amy Grant. Oh, baby Baby, I'm the lotion.
2: Something shifted in the mid 80s. All I remember, it was just so much. Whatever that energy feeling of running with headphones on, I feel like I could run forever. Just add that with the massive wind that was carrying you. TV performances, radio interviews, international, they were like, wait, this thing's blowing up in Japan and Singapore. Then the fact that the video blows up on MTV and radio, VH1, all that stuff. My first hit was on VH1. Mike
1: Blanton actually called me and played me baby, baby over the telephone. And he goes, what do you think? And I said, you know, it's a really good song. It's really catchy. And I said, you're going to catch a lot of hell. Some people are going to understand it, and probably more people are going to go with you. But there will be a minority of people, usually with very loud voices, that will oppose you.
2: I remember there being a lot of people inside the Christian music world that were, like, trying to make that record fail. I mean, the arrows were flying.
1: Amy Grant was always a little bit controversial, as strange as that seems to say. She always attracted controversy because she's a huge target. You know, she was massively popular, and the most popular ones get the most criticism.
2: God forbid they have a song that the world loves. Did we actually miss the part that we're supposed to go into all the world (laughs) and make disciples, but oh my gosh, but you didn't say Jesus enough times.
1: If you scream loud enough, they're gonna
0: hear you, you know? I mean, I had people say things about Amy and myself that are completely not true, you know. They don't even know who we are. I sort of wanted to go duke it out with the critics. (laughs) I could tell that it was sort of weighing on her. Amy Grant committed rebellion by divorcing her husband, and Vince Gill committed rebellion by divorcing his wife, and they both got married to each other one year later. That's witchcraft.
1: With each decade, Amy's career just continued to rise. And by the 2000s, she had sold something like 30 million albums. And she became a cultural icon, both inside the church and out. The Christian community felt like they owned Amy. So for her marriage to fail, for her to have what they considered a moral failing, was a bridge too far for some people. When you met, you both were married to other people. What happened? Divorce is painful for anybody that has to face it, especially if you're a Christian music darling like Amy Grant. People were so quick to assume the worst when Amy got remarried to Vince, never mind the fact that today they've been married for 20 years. It was hard for me to watch. You have a great friend that hurts, you hurt too. It hurt her career. A lot of stations took her off the air.
2: I'm just remembering this drawing that I did. I used to all the time draw cabins and little getaways, and I had drawn one, and it was completely overgrown, like you couldn't even find the path to it. And I think somewhere in there, the cabin was probably me. You lose yourself, you lose your way, you lose your integrity, and you find that you have lied, you've let people down. I took this drawing, and I wrote, I think I have forfeited every right that I ever had to be
0: on a stage. Why I really like the video, the Jesus music, is because my boss in Nashville, when I lived in Nashville, was in that video, the guy with the gray beard and the little round glasses. That's Eddie DeGarmo from DeGarmo and Key. And He created a company called Forefront Records. So if you're in Christian music, that was DC Talk, Audio Adrenaline, Rebecca St. James, some of the biggest of the big. And what I learned from people like Eddie and Jeff Moore, who I work for, and different people in the industry is that it's a complicated thing when it comes to the church. Because I had grown up in the church and seen the complication, but now I'm seeing it even in the Christian music industry. Because all the albums that we loved and the artists that we looked up to, they were fallen and broken just like we were. But the problem is, is you didn't want to see that. Just like the church don't want to see that or hear that. So when someone goes through a divorce, instead of checking on them or helping them walk through that, judgment comes. They should stay. This is, they don't have any idea. When the truth is, we don't know what's going on in that circumstance. Like Amy Grant is a good example, and it is true that in our little interaction, there was a pretty rough exchange between Gary and Amy with us even there. And I thought, man, he's pretty rough. So my little five-minute interaction helped me to understand what was going on. And then, through James Burton, I got to meet Vince Gill, spend time with Vince Gill here in town. I'm going to tell you something. Amazing man. Sweet, kind, loving, generous, now, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying that I have the right to judge or that you have the right to judge. And I'm not saying it was good for them to get divorced or they should have got divorced. All I'm telling you is, is that once you get a little closer and you begin to meet people and you begin to understand circumstance situations, as you heard Amy say, she wasn't proud of every one of her decisions. But as she's navigating that, she's trying her best to say, "God, help me. God, I need your mercy. God, I need your grace." When you watch the documentary, you're going to see one other clip that I thought was fascinating, and I won't blow it for you or ruin it for you, but it's pretty interesting what she says next right after this, because the Christian music people come to interview her, and they actually attack her. And what she says in that little attack says everything about her relationship with Jesus. And I found myself watching the documentary with Angie, because she didn't grow up in the church, so she knew nothing about the church, she knew nothing about Christian music, but me and Angie are having these dialogues like, that was my boss, and We worked with them, and we did this. And she's like, oh, my gosh, really, really? And I'm like, yeah, but it ain't what you think it is. They're fallen, broken people just like the rest of us. Another little glimpse in this documentary is Bill Gaither for all the old people. that, Oh, I love
1: Bill Gaither.
0: You know, it's like the old gospel and hymns. And he says some amazing things about some of his artists and their struggles as well that no one knew about. Until the documentary, you'll see one, Rush Taft shares his story of alcoholism and addiction and the rejection and the pain that came with that from the church and from many of his friends. But not all. Because you and I have a decision. The truth is, when we judge other people and we point the finger and we blame, whether that's Kanye, whether that's Amy Grant, or Vince Gill, or anybody in between, it hurts everybody, including Jesus. And none of it's Right. If you can't remember what you just read, go back and look at those notes of those reminders. Don't be the, ju- I'm the judge. I'm the judge. You're not the judge. You're not the judge. You're not the judge. You're not the judge. So part of the problem is, is in 15 years of the Simple Church, we've had a lot of people judge us. I can't believe you let him on stage. I can't believe you let her sing. I can't believe that guy played this. I can't believe this person's a minister. The truth is, is we're real strong on grace, mercy, love, forgiveness, second, third, fourth, fifth, 100 chances because we believe that's what Jesus gave us. So I'm not perfect. I can screw it up and I can mess it up just like the next guy and some of our other people can as well, but the heart of the matter is simple. Let's try our best to be lovers. Let's try our best to love the broken, the forgotten, the divorced, the outcast, the addict, so that when you're struggling trying to try and navigate that, you go, hey man, it's not a perfect church. You don't have to like our music. You don't even have to like our style. You don't have to like the preaching. But one thing I hope you'll appreciate is the heart behind who we are is we want to be like Jesus. And we want to love people regardless and we want to serve people even more to the point that we become less and he becomes more. That's the bottom line. Romans 2 gives you some more example. you ready? If you go, well, Justin, I just need another example. Well, I'm glad you asked. Because I heard the simple church never uses scripture. Okay, here you go. So do you think that you can judge those other people? You're wrong. You too are guilty of sin. Whoa, wait, 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 wait. So as soon as we start pointing out someone else's sin and talking about this or talking about that, you got to understand something. You just became guilty of sin. So, who sins greater? Who sins worse? This is why God's going, let's get out of the judging business and let me handle that. So, when you judge them, you're really condemning yourself. I'm like, yikes. This is why in the simple church, we don't care what your background is. What we care is that you would get to the place where you surrender to Jesus. And we're going to do our best to extend grace and mercy. And when you celebrate, we're going to go man we're celebrating with you and we want you to have the freedom to know that you are in a place that celebrates his grace and mercy it's okay to not be okay so if you're in the middle of the divorce now if you're in the middle of the addiction now after the first service guy walked up to me he goes man i'm a sex addict i've been arrested i am now a sex predator they call it i have to register and he's weeping And he says, I know I'm not accepted. I know that it'll be difficult for me to serve in any capacity, but I just want you to know I needed this today. I needed this today. So here's my thing. What if that's your kid that's in that position? What if it was you in that position? This is why for me, sure, I'm human like you. Certain things, it's hard for me. That's one that I'm like, all right, Lord, help me. There could be many other sins that you struggle with versus another, but let me tell you something. You're not the judge and neither am I. So let's do what he called us to do, and that's love, regardless of what they bring into the building or bring into your circle of friends. Now, it's true. There are times we can guide and we can love and we can try to help, and they're going to have to make their decisions. And so even in our life group, there's times I'm like, hey, man, I don't know about this. We need to kind of go here. let's try to help because as friends, that's what we should do. It's not just give you a license to sin. Hey, man, do whatever you want to do. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm telling you that when you're in that kind of a loving relationship, they will see the love before they see your condemnation. And you go, how do you know that? Just look at Jesus. Woman caught in adultery. Did he condemn her? Go look it up. No, he defended her. Woman in, at the well, five husbands. Did he condemn her? No. He said, go and sin no more. This is why for us, That's what we want to be. No denomination. We want to be like Jesus. So is there another lesson, Justin? Can you give me something? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. Let's go to Colossians. But he still don't use enough Scripture. Oh, here it is. Here's another one. Everything you say and everything you do should be done for Jesus. And in all you do, give thanks to him. So what is this saying? Everything that we say, everything that we do is supposed to point to Jesus. Jesus. And what we're supposed to do is kind of be like him. That's the idea of Christian. It's Christ-like. Unfortunately, the term now is mixed up in politics and a whole lot of other junk that makes the younger generation go, I don't know that I want to be a Christian. So make sure that we try our best to leave politics out of the Christian thing. Oh, Justin, but shouldn't Christian? Yeah, you should. But what I'm telling you is it is Jesus and then your political view. And when you get those things mixed up, you mess up the generations that are following you because they're trying to figure out what's right. Because as you know, all of the politicians, just like all of us, are fallen. And so when we try to put one on a pedestal, we try to say this person's figured out just like Christian music, and one of them fails, then all of a sudden now we're real careful and that confuses the people that are trying to figure out who to follow and what to do. And I'm telling you, just like me, don't put me on a pedestal. I'm just like you. I'm a fallen, broken, sinful man that is saved by the grace of God and does everything that I can on a daily basis to follow Him. But I can mess up. And so what I ask you to do as a Christian, as a follower, as believers in Christ, as we're trying to change and navigate one of the craziest time in American history, in world history, is that we have to lead. You go, well, how do you lead? Everything you say. And everything you do. So, this is why when we challenge you to go do a do good project, it's not so that we can go, oh, we did a do good project, that was awesome. No, it's because when you handed the food bag to a teacher in a school, and that teacher's able to feed a child that was hungry, Jesus is honored. When we worked this past week with Haitian refugees who had lost their legs, and they were getting fit with prosthetics through Arnold Prosthetics here in town, a Shreveport company. Steve and Kim, just an amazing Christians that go to Gateway Church. And we got to partner with them and love on those Haitians. When they didn't have anything else, someone gave to them and lovingly sacrificed for them. When I called Scott Musket at the Mudbugs and said, Scott, all these Haitians want to do is go see a hockey game. Not only come to the hockey game, Justin, meet all the Mudbugs. Stay late with us. Let us feed you. Scott, you did it. Everything that you said and everything that you do, Steve and Kim, Arnold Prosthetics in their business, everything that they said and everything that they do. So this is why when it comes down, it's for Jesus, it's for Jesus. So so then when you and I walk out of here and you're trying to navigate that and figure that out, you don't think it matters? Oh, I'm telling you, it matters a lot. matters a whole lot so I found this video. Angie actually sent it to me. She was like, she didn't know I was talking about dancing today. (laughs) So she was like, have you seen this? She didn't know what I was talking about at all. And I was like, ironically, it fits perfect. Because we're real quick to judge the people we see. And thank God for this cat right here. This young guy who's on TikTok showing all of you young people. This is what Jesus looks like. This is what judgment-free looks like. And this is what freedom dancing looks like. Watch.
2: I have no friends, and I'm lonely. I was wondering if someone wanted to go eat at McDonald's with me. I have some uh, gift cards. I can them all the way now. I could pay for it. Do you want to go eat there with me? Chipotle. Oh, you, you'd rather go to Chipotle? Yeah, because I already ate, and I sit here
1: with you and just talk to you.
2: Really? Yeah. Okay. together this is for you be for being so kind i want to give you five hundred dollars for real yes Hi, did you know i don't even have a place to stay oh you're, Jesus. you're so amazing
0: I'm give it up for Jimmy Darts. So, social media can be used for good. See, you can honor Christ in what you do and what you say and how you treat people. And let's all admit it I have it just like you. You judge people real quick, and you can miss what God's gonna do. So, I'm gonna go back to Colossians real fast. I'm gonna look at verse 16 because you haven't seen this. When you talk about Christian music, you talk about music. And sing, sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail of your life, your words, your actions, whatever it is, whatever, okay, whatever, let it be for the Lord, right? Be done in the name of Jesus, thanking God every step of the way. Mm, mm, mm. Even dancing steps. And here's the whole thing. If everything that you do, whatever you say, whatever you do, all your actions, can you really do that? Yeah, you can. And that's what this world is desperate for. So a lot of you are going, Justin, I've been wondering what happened to your associate pastor, Steve Hart. But I'm glad you asked. Because Steve found exactly what we were looking for this week. He found the exact example of your words, your actions, your whatever. You're letting every step count. And it's in a pretty unusual way. Because as you watch and navigate this, think about would you do it? What would you do? How could you do it? What is God going to do for you this week? Help lead and guide you. Watch.
2: Although her dancing days are done, Phyllis Brinkerhoff of Prairie Village, Kansas says she's not too old to appreciate a sick beat. In fact, Mrs. B, as she's known in the neighborhood, is obsessed with one dance song in particular. It's just a fun, joyous song. You put your right arm in. The Hokey Pokey, and you know how when you love a song, you want your friends to love it too? Well, that's why Mrs. B gave her neighbor, Melanie Mendries, a Hokey Pokey CD and started talking about the song constantly. I can see her name pop up on my phone and I just thought, oh, it's the Hokey Pokey. Hi, this is Phyllis. Mrs. B left uh, dozens know, of messages. I really do need to talk to you. Urgently pleading her case. I gave you? Are you hooked on it yet? And I just would always say not quite yet. Melanie's reluctance baffled Mrs. B. You know, most people don't care really at all for the hokey pokey. Really? Really. I find that very amazing. Do you? (laughs) Still, she knew her crusade was all but lost. (laughs) Then one day, Mrs. B happened to mention that her birthday was coming up, her 93rd. And when Melanie heard that, she decided to embrace what she'd been resisting. Or to put it in hokey pokey parlance, she put her whole self in. We made copies of the invitation, we rolled them in little scrolls and we wrapped ribbons around them and traipsed up and down the street. You put your whole self in, you put your whole self out. It was a hokey pokey flash mob. Shake it all about. The smile on her face was so big. It doesn't take that much to make someone's day and I think we could all do a little more of it because that's what it's all about Steve Hartman CBS News on the road
0: come on give it up for Steve man that's awesome so don't judge the hokey pokey and put your whole self in and let's see what God's gonna do right so let me pray for you father I pray that right now that you would speak to the hearts of everybody in this room help us God to put our whole selves in, to be like you, God. And for the people that have been hurt and rejected by churches in the past or their experiences in the past, let them see you today, God. Don't let them see simple church, don't let them see me, but let them see your grace, your mercy, your love, your forgiveness. God, help them to run to you. When everybody's debating and arguing, all we have to do is look at the actions of the way you lived your life, God. You went to people no one wanted to go to. Lord, you went to the drunks, you went to the parties, you went to the outcasts, you went to the The tax collectors. You went to the women who were rejected in society, and you loved them, and you showed them there is no judgment. There is is a fresh forgiveness, a new beginning. Help us that need that today to receive that. Jesus, we know that comes through you. All we have to do is say, Jesus, I am messed up. I am a sinner, and I need you to come into my life and change me, God, and you promise to meet them right where they're at, and then our job is to follow you, to be our very best like you. We're going to fail, we're going to make mistakes, and that's where our grace, your grace and mercy comes in. But help us, God, to try to be like you today. As this sweet lady said, 93 years old, help us to put our whole self in. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So everybody stand up. Come on, go ahead and get up on your feet. Are you ready? You got a little exercise. Get up. You got to get up, people. Here we go. You ready? Everybody stretch it out. Get ready. You put your right foot in. Oh. You put your right foot in. Come on, try it. You shake it all around. Come on. You do
2: the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. That's
0: what it's all about. Until next week, man, I love y'all. Have a great week. Put your whole self in and we serve.